Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what up, peeps? It's Jessie Mae Peluso here to tell you about my podcast, The Sharp Tongue, heard each week right here on the Sideshow Network. Every episode is a slice of my life as a touring comedian, and I'm bringing you my favorite funny and interesting friends to talk about whatever is on our goddamn minds. I hope I didn't offend any of you God lovers, but hey, tune in. I talk about God and how I feel about him. I talk about road stories. I talk about horror movies, music, putting fingers in buttholes. Everything you ever want to talk about is right here. It's a sharp tongue with me, Jesse Mae Peluso, every week on iTunes and the Sideshow Network. Download, rate, and subscribe, and tell a friend to check us out, because we need validation. And by we, I mean me. I'm alone here in the studio. <laughs> Listen on TuneIn.com. Search for Sharp Tongue on TuneIn for the latest episodes. Tuesdays coming at your face. Oh, I'm gonna be there, gonna make you feel disgrace. Gonna say things that are questionable. Gonna say things that make you feel itchy. But fuck it, I'm a little bit funny and a lot bitchy. <laughs> well, you guys, um, turns out I didn't get to make it to New York City last week to get my song made by my friend Troy Kwan the chef so I had to just make one for you each week that I don't have a song up I'm going to make one for you (laughs) thanks for tuning in Um, very excited this weekend coming up I'm going to be at the comedy zone in Charlotte North Carolina now while I don't agree with a lot of the political stance that Charlotte has taken against transgenders homosexuals and um, the you know various things that they're doing in that town um, I have still decided to perform there because the show must go on. And I talked with my friend Justin Martindale, who's been on this podcast and fellow comedian, if I should go to Charlotte or not because of uh, these laws that are being passed in North Carolina and different places around the country that are still treating people like animals instead of people just based off of their sexual orientation. And he was like, you know, I think you should boycott it. And I thought about it. I thought about not doing the gig. But I was like, you know, what's that going to accomplish? I'm a comedian. I can talk about it. I can, um, you know, shed some light on my viewpoint as far as the um, the laws are concerned in North Kakalaki. So the show must go on. Comedy Zone this weekend. Actually, I've, I'm flying tomorrow. I'm flying out tomorrow. Shows are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
You can email me at sharptonguepodcast uh. at gmail.com to get free tickets, to a chance to win free tickets because a lot of you guys are emailing me, so we have to be selective about it. So be cute and funny. If you want to win free tickets, come see me this weekend. Sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so that's very fucking exciting. And then after that, I am not on the road for, let's see, today is the 17th. I am off after this weekend for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ele- uh, okay, like 12 weekends in a row. Um, am I dying? No. Am I getting some sort of surgery? No. Um, am I moving to Africa to plant trees? Is that something that's needed? I have no idea, but no, no, no. I am just going to be working on different projects that I want to work on. And I, I am my friend Tanya and I, who I coincidentally met through the person I interviewed today for this podcast. My friend Tanya Dahl, I've mentioned her before. She, uh, her and I met while filming a short run yet successful game show on NBC called Minute to Win It. And the guest I have on today was one of the main producers for that show. So it's because of him that I met Tanya, who is one of my close friends. And I told her about an idea that I've been wanting to do. An idea that I took to MTV years ago. They wanted to do it. We didn't make it work out. And... I am going to do it because it's something I've been passionate about, something I've thought about doing, so I'm taking the time to put it into action, and I'm so excited about doing it. I'm excited about actually uh, pursuing something other than stand-up, even though stand-up is involved. Um, Marijuana will be involved. My uh, Honey Bear Farms fellas are going to have to dig deep into their honey bear stash and send mama some good deliciousness to take with her on this road excursion type situation that she's going to be doing. I can't really tell you all the details because I want it to be a surprise, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like my voice is like I've lost my voice. I, 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 my voice sounds different to me. Maybe it's, maybe I'm just high. Am I high? Yeah, I'm high. Okay. So I'm kind of pumped. I'll be able to chill with Carlin more, who's my pit bull that I really get to see because people are afraid of pit bulls. I can't fly with him. Um, I could get him really registered on a different level so I could fly with him, but it's I don't have the time to do that right now. So I've been flying with Chaplin. And if you guys follow me on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all of that, maybe you were privy to the fact that I got my dog, my dad a dog. It was a surprise. I just was home, you know, when I did shows in Albany a couple weeks ago. I went to Syracuse in between my Albany and Levity Live gigs. Thank you for everybody who came out to the Albany and Levity Live shows. Uh, I I made a stop home to see my sister's baby, um, judge my mom for drinking boxed wine, uh, hang out with my dad. We did all that. And I, I adopted this dog for him because he had told me he wanted a dog. This is something we discussed after my Aunt Carmela passed away last month. He, he mentioned wanting a dog. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find him the most perfect dog. 
And so I did. And I took her home with me a week before I left for Albany. Got her acclimated to, you know, somewhat of a different situation that she had experienced. She was an adopted dog. Somebody bred her too much. Basically a dog in the sex trade industry. (laughs) Poor thing. People are fucking terrible. She had way too many litters. She had so many litters, she had to have hip surgery. She's so cute. So I brought her home to surprise my dad. He didn't want her. Yeah. So, needless to say, I now have three dogs. <laughs> uh, I heard of the term cat lady, but is dog lady a thing? And if so, is it normal to be a dog lady in your early 30s? Is that a normal situation? Because <laughs> I have arrived. But you know what? Fuck it. Own it. So, I'm keeping her for now. Her name is Bunny. Sh- her and Chaplin are the best of friends. I travel with both of them. They're, they're, she, she's it. She's my, she's my new travel companion. So what are you going to do when life hands you lemons, adopt another dog? I mean, thanks dad for the fucking moral support there. Appreciate it. I was trying to do something, you know, trying to do like a surprise, do something sweet. Nope. Didn't want it. That's that. Didn't want bunny. And then I just kept making, I, I was trying to convince him to take her. I had like three days to work him. I can work my dad. I had him wrapped around my finger when I was a kid. I got whatever the fuck I wanted. I was the youngest of four daughters. I learned from their mistakes. They didn't know how to manipulate him properly. I did. If I had two more days in Syracuse, he would have taken the dog. Because she was on his lap every five minutes. And he's like, oh, she's putting, she's she's really putting one over on me. She's working me. Look at this one. She's really trying to, she's really trying to stay. And I kept telling him if he didn't adopt her, she was going to be euthanized. <laughs> oh, we just had this running joke that my dad and my dad had to take her because if he didn't, she was going to get the gas on Monday. So it was just hilarious. He'd like, you know, she'd be on his lap and he'd go, oh, she's really putting one over. And I'd go, too bad. She's too bad. Monday's her last day on earth. <laughs> She's unlovable. I kept saying she's unlovable. And now she's my dog. And my man, who I've been seeing, my boyfriend, I guess I can call him, uh, is is not crazy about it, needless to say, because now I seem like a crazy dog lady. I have three dogs. And so the whole time he's like, get your dad to take her. And I'm like, but she's so cute. <laughs> I want a keeper. (laughs) And he thinks it was my plan the whole time. It wasn't my plan the whole time. I didn't adopt her to give to him because I knew he was going to say no. I thought he wanted the dog. He said he wanted the fucking dog, and now I have three dogs. Shit. I need a house with a yard. That's it. That's my goal. So you guys are going to help me get there. Project Yard House. And not the chain brewery, because... If I hang out there, I'll never get a house. <laughs> um, yeah, so anybody, Charlotte, North Carolina, anybody who's close to there. My Aunt Tootie's there. I'm excited to see my Aunt Tootie. I've got a lot of friends who live there. So Charlotte, North Carolina, this weekend, I'm going to talk shit about the crazy North Carolina laws. And I'm going to bring my fucking crazy self to the Comedy Zone, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com to win free tickets. Um, and yeah, so this episode, I got to dig in to my old school friend bag 
of tricks and interview this trick. <laughs> um, it was one of the first major TV appearances that I did, not really relating to stand-up. And actually, one of my issues with doing this show, the uh, NBC's Minute to Win It game show, is that I couldn't say I was a stand-up comedian. They deterred me from saying that, which is fine because when I did this show, it was like 2009, I didn't really have a, you know, I was five years in at that point and still developing, and it's probably better that the world didn't know I was a stand-up comedian then because <laughs> I don't know how funny everything was, and I, s I even feel that way about shows I did last night. So, you know, it, it's a continual process, but still... I was like, why can't I say I'm a stand-up comedian? They made me say I was a horse wrangler. A horse wrangler on this show. And uh, one of the producers and uh, gentlemen who actually got to speak to my dad, he, w he, sp he Skyped with my father because they were going to do a whole segment with my dad on this show that ended up not working out. Um, very, very nice dude. East Coast guy. Dope fella. I've known him for a long time. Gave me one of my first TV shots. <laughs> Not shots of alcohol, but shots on the big screen. Um, and wine aficionado. All around good guinea dude. Vincent Cariotti, a.k.a. Vincenzo. You are, because you're cold on the inside. <laughs> did you did you match the temperature of the wine to your heart? <laughs> nice. You know, I literally will travel with my own wine, and I'll and I'll put it in a in a bag with a freezer pack because I'm driving to. I take it out of the wine fridge. Yeah. But then I don't want the temperature to change, so I just keep it in there, and I take it out like five minutes before I get to wherever I'm going. So do you? Um, because you got to drink it at the right temperature. So do you drink your wine cold? Will you put your headphones on and start talking to me so I don't feel like I'm, I'm alone in this world? Is this all I get? Can I move this, <laughs> can I move this box You're over stuck. here? Is that better? Yeah. Is that good? Are we rolling? Ben, we rolling? Um, wait, so why is so you, you're such a guinea you drink your wine cold? Yeah, that's not a guinea thing. It's that's a, a, it's that's a, guinea, a wine thing. That's a guinea thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's more a guinea thing that all I buy is Italian wine. That is more of a guinea thing. Now let me ask you something. Do you like Nero Davola? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's my favorite. You know what's funny? Type of wine. It, it's. I wasn't going to bring you Nero Davola, but I was Are you actually talking to the microphone. Are you? But I was that? actually sorry. No, but I was going to bring <laughs> you. I have three bottles left of a wine from Sicily. Oh. From a, a winery called Cos. It's C O S. It's there's three guys who are partners, and there's one letter from each of their last names. That's pretty dope. Make up the name, but it's a wine. The name of the wine is Maldafrica. It's this one wine they make, but interestingly, it's it's Cabernet and Merlot, but from Sicily, from the foothills of Mount Etna. That's why that must the be delicious. Wine, no, it's it's unbelievable. I bought everything I could find in the United States after I had. After you if went you there? look at the back of that, I buy wine from a place called the Rare Wine Company. The Rare Wine Company. They're in Sonoma, but they are the biggest importers of Italian. Of well, they're great for Italian wine, and How, they you, send you've an been email. You've been a wine dude forever. 
Yeah. I mean, my adult life. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Like, what's your go-to? If you're gonna I, go to I, a restaurant, what's well, your go-to? Well, I bring to? my own. But oh, when you go, you, you can't just bring. You just bring it and pay a corkage. Yeah. You're like, fuck you and your selection. I got my own. Yeah, because why should you trust like what the restaurant is doing with that wine? First of all, you're paying way too much for what they've got. You don't That's know how they're idea. keeping it. You don't know how they're keeping it. You know, I'm telling you, six or seven times out of ten, they bring the bottle. If you buy it, they're going to bring it. It's going to be room temperature. Now, you're going to spend $80 for a $20 bottle of wine, and it's going to be at room. It's going to taste like alcohol. Yeah, it's going it to be that, flat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hot. Right. No, you can't do that. I never even th- – so what's a, what's a corkage fee then? Like how much are you paying? Anything between like 15 and if it's like a really nice restaurant and they're like trying to discourage it, they yeah. might charge you 25 bucks. But, but even still, then, you're not coming – you're like no, maybe you're ahead at of the, game. the cheapest bottle of wine they have in the house. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. And you're already bringing – I'm going to start doing that. I'll take it a step further. I don't even let them pour the fucking wine. <laughs> Dude, first of all, like. You're, you see, you're such a guinea. No, you're no, no. Let's get something straight <laughs> because you will wind up being serving people at some point, right? You'll, you, you you'll think fall I'm just... back into the restaurant scene. and <laughs> you'll, So these you are good tips for you. This career's not going to work this out. Is, these are good tips for you. <laughs> is this for when the career doesn't work out and I have to yes. go back to bartending? Yes. This is actually an intervention. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, people are about to come through, but I've got to say my piece first. <laughs> no, but seriously, like if you're in, if you, I don't even like coffee that much, but if you're in having breakfast and you had coffee, maybe if you had black coffee, right? Yeah. If you had black coffee, I could understand someone coming and just arbitrarily coming by <laughs> like a, like a fucking bumbling troll, just <laughs> You know, with two fucking ones with the orange, ones fucking gray, and just <laughs> and walking. No, not a there's fucking no, peep. There's no, no, there's not even no, a glance. There's no, not even a glance. <laughs> no, they're like, it's like a fucking arcade game. Like they just come by, bam, you're powered up, and it's like, dude, they don't ask. And dude, they clink it and they spill it everywhere. Dude, I put fucking a specific number of little creamers and and sugar in there. And you just fucked up my mix. You fucked up the mix. Like, now it's gray. Yeah. My coffee, I actually, it was brown, and I was, it was enjoying nice it, color. and now it's gray. So you're very, why are you so, you're very anal retentive. Very You're much. detail-oriented. Yes. So. I fucking rolled you, you this lit shirt. Roll <laughs> before, I lint rolled, too. Before I fucking <laughs> got out of the car. You, do you have a travel lint roller? I do. Do you kill people? <laughs> no, no, no. Are you Dexter? No. What's no. your What's your astrological oh, poor sign? Dexter. I don't what even. A, what f- a terrible way to go out. I see. I didn't. Fo- I don't follow the show. Did something bad happen? Do no. You, is no. It a spoiler but alert? but you could watch. You know what you could do? You could watch the first three seasons of that show and just stop. Because it gets bad after that. It gets bad. I feel like every show does that because they they get so good and then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what the fuck? Where do we take the storyline now? And then it just gets too convoluted with well, craziness. Here's the thing. I think a lot of it comes down to the. Not even the network nowadays, I think, because they they seem to put trust into the, like the creative forces behind the show. Depending so on I don't what know. network you're talking about. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you know, the people who are doing, you know, like A and E. Yeah. You know, they're not fucking with people. No. It doesn't seem like it. No. You know what I'm saying? So like somebody like Vince Gilligan, you're not Vince trying to Gilligan. fucking influence him. No, he knows what he's doing. He's like, listen yeah. to me, listen to me. When the show stops, it's because I made it stop. Yeah, it's gonna stop. It's not gonna at teeter the peak. out. It's not gonna stop. Right, he's gonna Seinfeld it. And they're just like, you know, they just think, let it go. Yeah, but it takes. I mean, you have to have that reputation for network trust. Other than that, if you're sure. just a, you know, a yeah, but but that's that's in. what makes Dexter such a tragedy, in my opinion, is because it started off. 
It's really it's a like a fantasy. Concept. It's great, but they they just kept their foot on the pedal for way too long, yeah, see, and it just they left up. the road and yep. they flipped over, and there was a school. And so and is it done now? Has it ended yeah. completely? They yeah. ended it yeah. on a low. I think? didn't even watch the end because I knew what was coming. First of all, in the second to last season, I thought they started like teasing that he was going to like physically like fool around with his sister, and I think I think she wasn't his actual sister like they were oh god they steps. got into that but it was like are you guys is that the that's only thing you can bad. spin here sister maybe i'm fucking? wrong but that's what i felt and and i heard from people like yeah that's kind of the way they played it and it was really sort of anticlimactic sounds like they took a plot silly. from sister wives yeah i mean sister but that's fucking? a lesson for you get out at the top <laughs> wait with Figure my family out if this so is sh- the top. i shouldn't bone my brother i don't have a brother no do you have yeah. sisters i have a sister and a brother where do you fall in the middle uh, see, I thought you were in the middle. You have that middle kid attitude. Why you? Mo- why did your eye shape change when you sang because that? Because I'm a shapeshifter. I thought you were in the middle. <laughs> like it's like you went right. It was only pupil color for a second. Because I was thinking about you know I was I was in that predatory mindset. You when you get, get to that, when you figure things out about people, you start to realize how you can manipulate them. Yeah. So your pupils adjust to that. You know what's cool is that you're you know, wine in your know. heart. No. Oh. We're like. We both know <laughs> celebrities and we work with celebrities and all that stuff. But, right. But I've listened to the show enough that actually sitting here and talking and like today when I was in the shower, I was listening to the John Ke- well, I, from, John from in the house. <laughs> and then out, what show number is this, by the way? I have no idea. I, oh, that's okay. a joke that I send my assistant because I'll send her all the information after I'm done. And I always put a question mark after the show number. Like today I was like 52. She's like, no. You're not you're not there yeah. yet. You have a few away from 52. I'm okay. in the 40s, in mid 40s. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be like m- maybe 46. So close to your age? Yeah, uh, right on my age. How old are you? 46. Are you really? Yeah. I was just pulling that out of my ass. Do really? I look 46? To be a fucking guy. Are you kidding me? What? Cuz you guys it, 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 in the industry in the, not even in the industry. In I, the by the culture. way, I love how you just be like you gave me that look like, I work with her, so. Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ben's Humble got a friend for baby face. Not gonna stir <laughs> the pot with Jesse May. Not gonna have her talk about me on stage. Well, because, like, dudes, like, you guys, like, 46 looks so good on you. 46, I yeah. can say, looks better on you than 26 did. And I didn't know you when you were 26. Right, you But assuming. I know enough to know. No, I know. But you knew me a few years ago, so have I improved? Like, Since like aesthetically? Since when you saw me, like, on Minute to Win It? That was how many years ago? That was 2009. Wow. We haven't even we haven't even gotten into how we know each other. But yeah. you definitely, yeah, men kind of, you guys are just like trees. You just, you don't really change much. And people are always going to gravitate towards you because, you know, you're yeah. just beautiful. You're these beautiful creatures. Even though, you know, know, a squirrel's shit near your feet is a bad analogy. I'm urinating a lot more. Than <laughs> I thought you meant right now. No. I know. <laughs> so I'm not age. right now because I... Because you were late, I was able to use your your rest facilities. You urinate more often. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you've noticed about being 46? That's the one thing. Like, they actually, you know, I go and get my eyes checked every year, and they always tell me every year up until this year, they're like, you're hanging on so, like, your eyesight is so incredible based on your age, but now, like... I'll show you. Just let me demonstrate. Yeah, for, demonstrate for those, for me. We're 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 live here, but you can't see us, audience. <laughs> we're we're in the same room. We're in the same room. But I'm, I'm in showing. A glow I'm going to demonstrate where I hold my phone now. Okay. To see it clearly. Okay. Do like I? Need, text, do you want me to hold it for you? No, I can. It's. I haven't 
gotten to the point where I actually can't hold it okay. and read. <laughs> Do you have the large text? Is it the largest? No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you have dad text? No, I don't have a clamshell. <laughs> I don't have the clamshell. A buddy, one of the editors for a Broken Skull Challenge, he has his phone set to that, and I, I'm hysterical. relentless on him. I'm like, dude, you're reading three words before you're fucking flipping that <laughs> you, thing. You don't even, you have to scroll and you don't even get one word. Seriously, it's, it's a so teleprompter. Big. He has <laughs> a fucking tel- teleprompter. All right, so here, that's fucking blurry. Isn't to that your crazy? Face, that close. So it's like that's a, a little blurry. A that's that's right there. So it's about two and a half feet from your face is, is this clear. better or worse or the same? I think better the fact that you can't the, the fact that you can't hold it normally. So normal hold is blurry for you, and you have to pull it back. Yeah, but here's the other. Does that mean the your part that's a little crazy? Good? No. Well, I think it does. No, it means that you are. What do they call it? Your nearsighted. Your nearsightedness is going. Sucks. Like they actually told me that now they have contacts that have a bifocal in them. Yep. Sure I'm do. like, what the fuck is That's that going to gonna make it look so you like? Still get fucked. No. Yeah. I don't need like swollen under eye. You know <laughs> what I mean? What like, I'm what's saying? that going to be? Well, because if you had those in glasses, you're not getting fucked in those. When you put those bifocals on, you're going to look like one of the dudes who keep girls in their base in like a basement bunker. That's what you're going to look like. You're going to look like one of those dudes on a made for lifetime movie. The dude who like has yeah. a sex bunker in his backyard. But a sex the, bunker. A sex bunker. That's a reality series. <laughs> Right, fine, we'll partner pimp, on it. God damn it. my sex bunker. God damn it. We'll fucking partner on it. Flip this sex bunker. You know how many partnerships I have? Because like you, you, you know, you, you have to talk about ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like in, 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 in my business, like in the reality side of things, like yeah. you, you, you gotta be selling. You have to be but selling. But you have to sound your ideas off of something. So you talk to people. You really do. And then it's like, there's this there's this sort of like understanding that like if you talk to people and then you start riffing a little bit that you're automatically got a partner on it. I know this. It's a weird thing because you're like, oh, that was really good input. And I can't just I mean, if you have a conscious, you know, a majority of this industry is just like, well, thank you for that. Bye. You know, when you go into these meetings, well, when you go generals, into meetings yeah, you're just you're you yeah. can't say anything. I've learned to just be, you know, a total trap door with that stuff until I have like some sort of agreement with somebody yeah but many times and I'll tell you I honestly do think this kind of it still happens but they'll call you in for something and you know they've you know your agent has told them about what type of creative guy you are Mm -hmm. and look I I consider myself to be somebody who's I'm driven by ideas so I think I'm good I can hang you know with with anyone yeah you're pretty they'll call you in and you know, they start talking to you about the idea and then they just sort of, they set the stage and they wait to hear stuff. And it's a catch because you want, you want to give good ideas. You do because you want to sell yourself. You want to impress them. Yeah, exactly. But you don't know. It's getting harder now to get development money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right now we should be back in production on Broken Skull Challenge for season four, but they're working out some, some Season issues. four, you guys have gone four seasons? Three, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's well, the show's a huge hit. Yeah, it's it's massive. There's a there's a dedicated passion to following behind that. And well, he's so gotten so. I mean, he's he's a name. He's a household name. So it's just like he's the best. Yeah, and honestly. he's like a, he's like a you know. You know, if you spend any time with him, you would. He's completely disarming because he's, he's, he lives near me. I found this out on accident. Let's not say it. I don't yeah, know, no, I'm no, I'm, I won't say. But he lives near me. He's he's a he's a neighbor. He's three blocks away from me. Really? Yeah. Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. That's the man. That's the let's man. Give, let's give him a shout out. Let's give him a shout out. What up, Stone Cold? He's got a podcast. Is it passe to say shout out? Well, How I mean, you're 46. How fucking disconnected am I? You're 46. I'm 46 <laughs> with a three-year-old. With a cold bottle And I just wine. bought a house. You I'm shouting out to people. <laughs> I'm going to do some shouting to you guys out there. 
Just you, listen up. You yell at people when they try airwaves. and give you coffee. When they try and pour your coffee. And my wine. I, I never finished my thought on the wine. Just quickly. No, wait, wait, okay. wait. I won't forget your wine thought. Continue on this thought about going into meetings and and the ideas. You're saying how like ideas now, it, it's different yeah. than before. It is because, well, no, it might have. It's probably a little bit better, but there's less money. There's less money for, there's less for money. development. So, Why do you think that is? Because the networks. Because the whole model of how, you know, obviously this is, this is I mean, literally shit. like by the week, it seems like the, the paradigm and how the whole thing works, like how networks get their revenue and everything, you know, the whole sort of food chain of how the money trickles down and where the revenue streams are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The model has been smashed for a couple of years. So Do you think the internet is a huge influence on, on shifting sure. that model? Sure. But so is cell phones and every other way. That's true. You know? But attention now, you know, obviously millennials are getting their, that, that demo is huge. And they're, the way they consume they're just consuming so much content but they're they don't even care about how it used to be done no you know what i mean there's they're a not, certain that's not a thought in their mind no, no. there's a verve and a, like a, a momentum to their like appetite for like smaller pieces of stuff so I, look i will just say that it seems to me like a few years ago you could get a development job to come in and develop like top to bottom a show yep. i mean do all the a documents like Write the one sheet, do a Bible, yep. a whole breakdown, come up with all sorts of creative, arc, like you were everything. fully fucking stacked and ready. Yeah. And and you would do that for fucking a month and a half. I mean, I just had a job on and one, two on weeks. On one job. Yeah. And now it's like, you feel yeah. like the, it's, it, the idea input hasn't changed because now there's more opportunity to slot your ideas into different little portals because the digital space now and because of sure. all these other places where that can live. Uh, but as far as networks being confident in sort of divulging into those, do you think it's changed? Do you think they're more conservative no, they're or do you think they're no, just like, go? They're embracing it. They have to. I mean, the guys like, you know, look, I, I, I've been working at a specific company, you know, 51 Minds. And, the, you know, the guy, Chris Abrego, who used to. I'm do- I think I'm doing something with 51 Minds. You think you are? <laughs> hey, 51 Minds. This girl is on point. <laughs> I think I'm in production on. I think I was on set yeah, no. with Fifty One Minds last night. I got an email. Night. I've d- I've shot so many effing pilots that it's just the the network names get. I take it molded. back. You are a diva. I've shot so <laughs> many effing up. pilots in my day. That's not to be a working bitch is not to be a diva. It's to show up and be like, no, you are. I need ripened strawberries. Like you, sent you are me, a workhorse. He sent me a message sure. on the way over. Make sure my strawberries are ripe. If and, and if I checked I asked his her, rider, she got my rider. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know what a rider is, it's what Divas request, and he wanted ripened strawberries. No, but I am- d- That was a joke. I'm supposed to be doing some uh, tape for chem- uh, 51 Minds in, awesome. in two weeks. Yeah, they're good people. Yeah, they're definitely really- They're, re- they're really good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's, a, it's a great company. So you're with them. Are you on an overall thing with them, or are you just kind of- No, 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 no. Because, you know, it's- Look, I'm a, that's a 50, Broken Skull Challenge is a 51 Minds show. Oh, okay. But it, it's been a hit, and it, it sort of keeps you going almost- through the whole year. So right. there really is no need to get into that type of scenario because right. you're, you know, companies, when they're going to give you an overall, they're going to try to find a way to pay you from product, you know, doing, from, yeah. from that money that's coming in on other production. So it's already been happening. Doing, how long have you been in this industry? I moved here in 2004. From New York? Yeah. That's crazy, man. But right before I moved here, I really, I mean, I was for the, for the 
I mean, for the longest time while I was in New York, I wanted to be a comedy writer. Really? Like I, oh, yeah. See, I didn't this know is, that. But right when the whole landscape changed, when reality started just popping, really, it just landed. And it just really seemed like the death knell for sitcoms. At that moment, uh, I was actually right at the sort of pinnacle of of my comedy writing. Like, I got brought out here, and they, they, I was talking to people, and there was like, I was talking about like literally Momentum. getting my first writing job. I Don't you have sp- to be funny to be a comedy writer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Don't you? You have to yes. miss me a little because I used to bust your balls. We'll get I to know. how we met, but I busted your balls every day. Sure. Every day. Yeah. Okay, That's continue. Okay. I like the picture you're trying to paint. <laughs> like, I was busting your balls. I, I'm, I shredded you. You did shred me. Literally by the, by the minute. But you did. Anyway, um, <laughs> but so I, you know, I, yeah. So, you, you know, like when you're trying to do that, you write like spec scripts. Right. If you're trying to get on Will and Grace, you're not writing a Will and Grace, but you need to find a similar vernacular and cadence and characters, and then you'll write and you're, something for yes. that. So in that case, I wrote a Sex in the City to get submitted, you know, to possibly be considered to get to Will Onto and Grace. The, right. And this is right before reality really sort of took hold. God, Sex in the City was huge. But one of the EPs from the original EPs from Sex in the City somehow got my spec script and fucking called me because, and I had uh, two, like on the cover page of the script, I had my New York City, like Upper East Side address. Yeah. But I also had an L.A. address on there. Did you, which do was that like to, my, did you do that to make it look cool? Well, to make it look like it's, this is how stupid I was. <laughs> like, they're going to look at that and they're going to see two yeah. fucking addresses. Yeah. And they're going to see me in both my houses on each coast. <laughs> and they're going to know, you know, if we really, he's so good. We don't have to worry about getting him out here. He That's has a place. Yeah. He's got a place so to stay. Appealing, but, you know, those little We details. can hire him. Hey, Ari Emanuel, we can hire him. He's got a He's house got here. He's got a house here. Did you look at the cover page of that script? <laughs> that script at the top of your pile? We don't need to pile? put him in a hotel. He's got his own place. I'm telling you, those little details make a difference. And he's smart. It's an apartment. There's an apartment <laughs> number. Connor, he's he's amortizing all of his money. He's got a number. Yeah. So she called, this, this woman called me. And That's a big deal that they called you. The fact that she picked up the phone, I think, makes her a real person. Like Fuck somebody, yeah. th- like it was a probably a five minute conversation. But she basically said she asked if I was there, and I said yes. This is In- Vincent Cariotti. She said hi. My name is Blank, and uh, I'm one of the producers of Sex in the City. Um, she said I don't have much time, but I just I want to let you wanted to let you know that someone gave me your script and I read it and. We're not going to hire you. That's not the way it works, you know, because obviously, and she said, like what I, what I just explained to you, like, we don't take writers, you know, and unsolicited and all that stuff. But for whatever the reason, whoever got that script may have said something, oh, this is pretty good, whatever. And she basically just said, like, look, I don't know what you're going to do, but I just want you to know that, like, this is a solid piece of writing. And I remember it was the first time I heard it. She said, you have chops and, and you should not stop trying to pursue this because you could easily be writing here and and just you know i just wanted you to know that i thought the script was great and you know so good luck to you and i was like and i was in my underwear when i answered the phone (laughs) you always are you're in your underwear right now so i am am. well i'm in a a one john it's from the little house (laughs) in the prairie collection uh (laughs) let's date ourselves it's it's little house in the prairie i love the reference 
Well, what else would you use? As Where a else is that ever seen? I know. Where have you seen those two buttons in the back? Wow. But that's like you know, okay. yeah. that's a literary reference. That's right. even more difficult. To well, there was a movie. It was a, it was You're a in movie. The, it's the genre. Right. It was a novella, if you yeah. will. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. But, <laughs> but that was it. So she, we, you know, I, I thanked her up and down. She didn't and, have to uh, do that. No, she didn't. So did that phone call change the trajectory of what you were doing and where you were headed? No, I'm in reality. <laughs> But I mean, like, did you feel, because, you know, it, those little bits of confidence. No, it was, I tell so you what, it was amazing. Infrequent. It was amazing. You know, anyone who, you always, the grass is always greener, and you, you, yeah. you look at the people who, who are making it in your eyes, what you perceive to be success, and, and like, you know, forward movement in a career, and if you're not there, or you what you perceive to be there, you know, it's hard. Because it it's a passion Look, everyone should have passions in their life, right? But but this business really to get where you want to you go, have to want you it. have to be passionate. You have to be. But that comes with massive um failures. No, no, it just comes with it comes <laughs> with that snorted. big caveat that when you're really passionate about something and it doesn't happen the way you want it, it's even that much more painful. So you have to live with that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm sure, I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure at that time, I, I had that sort of neuroses and that angst and that depression. Like, I'm living in New York. I'm, you know, I'm making my living working in music videos, fucking yeah, what going were you to doing fucking to pay bills? Maryland on a Ja Rule video and you were doing music three videos? days. Yeah. Like, like what? Like, like a... For, for a pro- big production like companies and commercials. On, right. and Yeah. Which was huge then. Early two thousands yeah, was big. Yeah. Now it's different. Now yeah. it's a totally different thing. But so that's yeah. what you're doing it to pay the still, bills. still, yeah. But and I was you, also working. I was assisting a, a, an Italian fashion photographer and and going all over the world and and really thought that I was going to do that. Like I really loved. I really wanted to be a photojournalist. But I knew that at some point I'm going to want to have a family, and that's not going to work. Yeah, you can't be like going to Israel with your you know yeah. wife and kid while you're trying to do photo journalism. Yeah, and some of those guys really actually do make a good living, but they make it because they actually have to go all over the world. Yep. Here's the thing. I think it was, uh, oh, God, I forgot his name. A photojournalist? Robert Kappa, a okay. great like classic photojournalist from Magnum, the Magnum Agency. Yeah. He said, if your pictures aren't good enough, you're not close enough. And like, that's like, like, fucking... like proximity-wise? Yeah. He, he means like to the action. Yeah, like in terms of, but looking through the lens of photojournalism, like, you know, in sort of being the eye for people, you know, in showing what is happening, that's a you, good quote. you need to be close. Yeah, you have to be right up in the shit. Yeah, like there was a book, it's a great book, and talk about printing, I mean, unbelievable the way they printed the pictures in this book, but Bruce Davidson, who's also great, he's still alive, a great photojournalist, there's a book called Brooklyn Gangs. Oh, and damn, he, that's gotta be dope. And it's, he, in, this is in the, I think, late 50s, and he basically befriended a Brooklyn gang in Coney Island, Holy and he shit. wound up spending enough time with them that they accepted him, and that's the the that's pictures the pictures that are there he would never have gotten at arm's length like if even if he sort of knew them he and he wasn't accepted that's he would never no. have you really need to see that book it's i mean it's really it's called it's Brooklyn re- Gangs Brooklyn Gangs i got to check that out but that's my point he only got those pictures and only had that material because he was accepted which took time yeah so when you think about photojournalism as a career against wanting to have a family you know why start this because i it's not it's going to conflict with a major thing that i want 
you won't be able to achieve both successfully. You can't do it. You you can't do half-ass on either end. You have to go full And why get into it and go to where you really need to go to get great pictures if you know that you're going to cut out at a certain point? Yeah. Because you may not. You may say, you know what? I'm so into this now. I'm going to give up on this thing. The kid always takes precedence over, at least in my opinion. Like a child would always take the greatest precedent over anything else. So that was like, I'm not going to do it. And now, you you ha- now you're a dad. Now I'm a dad. You weren't a dad when I met you, and now you're a dad. Yeah. Bella? Emma. Emma. Why do I say Bella? Because I have a niece, Bella. Okay. That uh, I probably talked photos. about. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Or I talked about her, whatever. Yeah. 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 Emma. How old is she now? Three. Oh, my God. I thought she was so much older for some reason. Yeah. Is she, like, everything? Did your whole world change, like everybody says? Yeah, it did. Were you terrified? No. Really? No. I'm scared now because she's... And, and certain people will... We can get we could talk all day about what parents like to try to push on you when you're having a kid, which I don't do to anybody that's gonna have a kid like now that I have a child. Right. I'm just like, dude, it's gonna be the best. That's it. Don't worry. Don't be fucking scared. Yeah. The birth is gonna be fine. Like, don't freak out about diapers yeah, and being prepared. Of course, you can take a birth is gonna be fine. It's not shoving out of your hole. My sister had an episiotomy. I had to Google that. You know, I didn't have lunch for four days listen, because of listen, that bitch. Listen, listen, pipe down. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> She, Emma, we were, at a, we were at a parenting class, and Jean, my girlfriend, had a vitamin water right before we started the class, and I watched Emma in her stomach wall walk and go inverted and go breach. In the class, I saw the movement, the boom. The feet? You saw she her, went like, from her being... stomach go out? Like from her, the, the... Yeah. That's so, that's so bizarre. Yeah. Didn't it, like, the vitamin water gave like a jolt, and the fucking kid went upside down. And then, would she have like a fifty-fifty? Did she have fifty cents vitamin water? <laughs> She's like getting in the womb. She's. I'm sure all- there's a lawsuit tucked in there somewhere. I got to figure that out. That's but here's crazy. what happened. Saw her flip. See, I'd be like, man, I can't handle this. Yeah, but this girl always. You know what? She's the best because. So here's what happened. This was like this was the last class. We were like getting ready to have this baby. And like we knew the due date and it was right around the corner. And then suddenly the baby goes upside down. So the next day we go and get an x-ray and they're like, yep, now you got to. So what we're going to do, here's what they said without asking me. (laughs) This is the funny part. This is, I think Italians will understand this. I think just people in general. (laughs) Sorry. Everyone would understand this. All you chooches out there, listen up. (laughs) Sort of the, like the, the audacity uh, or it's like, you know, that bedside manner where they they need to be kind of like neutral. They like doctors right. it, like aren't emotional, but the guy's like this Chinese doctor. He's like, <clears throat> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring you in, and we're gonna lay Jean down, and then I'm going to um, from the outside of her stomach. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna manipulate the baby and turn the baby around. Just think about that. I, I can't. I, I can't handle it. I I just. Sat there and I just, I think I just gave it a beat, just one beat, and I was Wait, like, "From the inside, he's got to go in the." In no, the- no, no. He's gonna from the outside of her stomach, like as if he was giving her a massage. A, he can flip he's the going they to can do that. He's gonna push so hard on on Jean's mm-hmm. stomach that he can move this baby. And I said, L- "Listen, <laughs> le- I want you I to know you something." I didn't give him an Asian accent. By no, the way, I, I, that. I want I want you to know something. I'm better than that. Yeah. I, I said, I want you to know something. That's what you're not going to do. <laughs> Why would you say that if he's, if he's a doctor no, requesting No, no one is going to push on my baby's skull. <laughs> That's true. Okay, her, her unbirthed skull. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
if it's soft when she comes out, it might be a tiny bit more soft before she comes right, out, it's and not, it's sitting it's not in liquid. All the way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, the baby was ready, but there's no way you're gonna. I don't even but like. But is this a procedure? I've never heard of this. No, before. no, no. It's a procedure. This it's sounds procedure. like really archaic, though. It sounds like no. some well, shit that I think Greeks it's archaic, did. but it's it's a procedure, and like, it's 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 done. I don't even like if a teacher like. Why arranges just... my child in the Christmas special, like when they're getting, <laughs> when like they if somebody them, moves handsy. my child's shoulders or they're taking a class picture and they're like, move this way, I'm like, don't touch my kid. Back the fuck off really? of that girl. You in my like... mind, in my mind, I'm smiling. Yeah. In my mind, I'm saying But you're that. grinding your teeth while you're smiling. Yeah. So the only alternative was, they were like, well, you're going to have to have a C-section. And that, I was like, Why didn't you know, they consider we another about... vitamin water just to get her to That's flip back? That's smart. That's smart. They should have just give her, give yeah. her another vitamin water, and she could have done yeah. gone the right way. Yeah, that's true. The, so like a douche, a, a vitamin water douche would have been perfect. <laughs> this episode kid brought to you by vitamin water. She would have come out like triple toe Wally, like fucking piked and spinning. Oh. And but anyway, the great part, the great ending to this is that we went the next night to check into the hotel in our room for the C-section. They take Gene away. To just look her over, they do a scan, and the baby flipped back over. See? The baby knew. She just was messing with you guys. She's like, nah, I'm just kidding. She was doing I'll a head spin. Right. She was doing she a She knew her dad used to be a break dancer. I'm going to fucking do a head spin. Yeah, she's in there like, you know, break break dancing. Yeah. She's got like Beastie Boys playing. Did you put, did you like put music, like the headphones on the belly at all? No. You really missed out? I don't think so. No? No. That's I think that makes your kids smarter. I've heard. I don't, I don't think it does at all. No? Pull no, I symphony? talked to the belly. We went to a movie. We went to one movie. I forgot what it was, but it was so crazy. <laughs> the sound, like the THX sound, whatever yeah. it was. And she went fucking bananas at this one scene, like just unfolded <laughs> where there was gunshot. And she went so crazy. I was like, we're getting the fuck out of here. I'm not scarring this kid. It's crazy though, because they're, they're absorbing stuff. Note I mean, they're sell, human Probably beings. another lawsuit there. <laughs> yeah. We, we owe yeah. a lot of people money. Yeah. But you don't like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm the one that's going to have a kid. I've never, at this point, I just, it's not, it's something that's like itching inside of me. And besides like, you know. It's not itching inside you because you're not pregnant. Oh, also I got rid of that rash. And right. And there's no more itch. Yeah. <laughs> but I, even, I don't know. It's just not something that I want. Is it something that you always wanted? You always wanted a kid? Nope. Did it just sort of happen? You're like, all right, let's do it. I, th- I knew, well, here's the thing. I, I, I'll say this out of both sides of my mouth. Yes, I always knew I wanted a kid, but it wasn't like a like this like urge. You know what I mean? Like right. I you didn't have, have like a have paternal yearning thing. I just knew it was going to happen when the time was right, and and I was I embraced that, but the drive for it didn't. And I hear that like guys, it takes a while for them to bond to the no baby. Did you bond way. right away? Yeah, but you're a passionate I bonded, mofo. I was bonded before. Like I was, you know, every time Jean had to get up to go to the bathroom. I was like taking her, like the whole pregnancy was like a fairy tale. Really? Yeah. Was her labor actually giving birth? Was that the baby just fall out? No, it was pretty tough. There was actually a scary moment, you know, because they give you this drug called Pitocin. It's just nasty business. It sort of induces the labor. And then what happened was, holy shit, this was like a crazy moment. So you're in the room, they give you a great room. It's big, and there's a big couch for me to lay down on. So oh, good for they you. They give you that. I'm well, she's in the bed. I mean, she's in the bed. <laughs> it's a great room. I'm comfortable. I'm over here watching TV as the guy that doesn't keep do it anything. down over there with that. What is going on with you? Can it you sounds keep like your you're pregnancy in pain. and your labor to, down. Seriously, I'm trying to catch up on Dexter's yeah. finale. The Filipino channel's on. Come on. So, uh, 
the so what happened was we both fell asleep, but then her water broke while she was sleeping, and there was blood everywhere. Oh fuck! But it sent the signals to the nurses. So I literally what woke me from sleep was the nurses rushing into the room. The air was so dry in the room that I got up and I guess I was taking everything in and I blinked and one contact lens flew out of my fucking eye. (laughs) So now I have this weird like depth of field. Like I didn't know how close I was to shit. And, and they're just all rushing around her. And that was fucking scary. Because you, you don't know what's going to happen. No, because it was because the nurses seemed a little freaked out. Yeah, and when they fre- seem freaked out, that's that's when you're like, okay, yeah. now I can freak out because they're the ones that have seen everything. Right. But I was right in there. Like, I had Jean's right leg over my shoulder with helping her to push on the, for the baby, and the midwife was next to me, and, and I took the video. We haven't looked at the video yet. Oh, please never look at it. No, I'm going to. For sure. <laughs> Sure. Never look at that video. Yeah. I see if I watch that video, I think it's just done. It's like shows over for me. There's no way it's going to happen. My sister just had a kid and he's about uh, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, he he had a kid in And the Josh Wolf uh Yeah. yeah. He had to have surgery. We both work for CMT. Josh, Josh Wolf is amazing. Sounds he's like one a of sweet my favorite. guy. He's a very sweet guy. Yeah. Um my sister's baby had to have a surgery like 12 hours after it was born. Well, for what? Uh it's it didn't its esophagus wasn't attached. His, uh. his esophagus wasn't attached to his organs, so he wasn't breathing. When when he was born, he turned blue, and they didn't know what was going on. And so they were doing all this testing, and so then they had to reattach his esophagus to to um, his stomach. Or his, but that's not to, just that's to, not like plugging a vacuum. Uh, no, it's not just like plugging vacuum. in your iPhone. He, you know, it was, it was a pretty extensive surgery, and then he had to be in the NICU. But if he's for, turning blue, I mean, how long is this? Th- how was, long is this going on? How well, they get air to him? They. She held him, and then about 45 minutes later, he was almost purple. He had started to change, and they're like, something's wrong, so they took him away from her. And then he had to get fucking airlifted to a hospital. And this is all... She held her baby for maybe. Is half she an hour. speaking yet? Because this is a <laughs> fucking frightening, it was so scarring frightening. It, yeah, situation. It just, it, it just was like. You and know. I didn't mean the baby. I meant your yeah, sister. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. You know, and I was on the road. I was in Boston when it happened, and and it was twenty four hours of not knowing what was gonna go at, what was gonna go down with this baby. And my sister was just not able to hold him. She couldn't get to him. She couldn't even like touch him through the. She had to like look at him through the glass. So it was just like this whole horrible situation and now he's doing well he's healing and everything but you know i'm just like okay well you had the baby so everyone's good are we all good are we not gonna ask for me to have a baby because that's fucking crazy it happens one out of like four thousand births in america this sort of this defect that happens but anything can go down you never know what's gonna happen when you yeah it's it's a and that's enough for me to just be like you know what i'll be an auntie i think i'm cool being an auntie and a dog mom that's right. it. You know, I, I, I don't live the lifestyle where I think I could be a mom. Or Did a she save the cord blood? Did she do the cord blood deal? Yeah, I have it in a necklace at home. Nice. A little no, vial? No, I, I don't know. Why, what happens with the cord? Is it like the stem cell stuff? Yeah, you pay a, you know, there are, <laughs> there are different companies that do it, but you they basically send you, it's kind of expensive. Like you, It's like the one-time fee, and then you pay like a little, It's you're literally renting space to keep your that blood like right, know, keep cryogenically it frozen. Right, viable in Arizona. Not vile. Yeah, I love Arizona, bro. That's where my well, hey, they do that. blood is. <laughs> really, you guys kept it. I hope there's no run on the fucking town. But yeah. <laughs> so what do you do with it? You like sprinkle it in your coffee or something? Like what do you no, do? No, you no. Well, it's there, and unless and, unless and until you need it, really. 
because the stem cells are in there. Right. Basically, they'll send you a kit, and the nurses know the deal. So you'll bring the kit with you when you go to have the baby. The nurses will take that kit. They'll arrange everything. It comes with like a, you know, it looks like a like a like a bag for liquids. You know that you'd see hanging on the thing right. for the body. Yeah. Like it's like a a medical grade bag, and these other things, and they take all the blood from from the placenta and the umbilical cord, right. and they transfer it into this bag. They seal it up. It comes like preset to just put into FedEx. Wow. And it goes to the company, and they hold it for you. And then they if, should. I mean, God that, forbid, that there's is... any issues, you know, you've got a, you know, you have a, a bank of your baby's stem cells. Stem cells. And that stuff does, do so. like, wonders for all different things, a yeah. range of things across the medical field. Yeah. Everyone's afraid of it, though, because of, you know, what the, what that means. Yeah, well. Because you're like fucking with God at that point. Yeah. Uh, Are I, you religious? I'm, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, you, you, you're not. I'm not worried about that. I'm more I'm more concerned for the waitress that pours your coffee than your relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Are you religious? I mean, you know, we baptized them. I went to church as a kid, and that doesn't know. answer the question. That just sounds like stuff you do. No, no, no. The well, raised that way. Yeah, you're interrupting me. I wasn't finished. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I went through the motions. I think I'm semi-religious. I I have a structure of faith somewhere, you yeah. know. But I, I, I'm I feel guilty. I'm a, then you're religious. I'm you're so totally religious. guilty. <laughs> you're you know religious. what I mean? Like I feel bad for everything. <laughs> so if that's part of religion, then were you raised yes. Italian Catholic? Yeah. That's crazy. I I got turned off to our church though because, you know, I, I grew up in a town called Dix Hills. And it seemed to, I'm sure it was more diverse Dix than Hills? Dix, D I X. There's no guy, Dick, who fucking owned a bunch of the hills and then sold I was like, the land. Dick and, Hills sounds like yeah. a great weekend getaway place. Wow. <laughs> bunch of guys with pop bellies. It's the first dick joke. It's the first dick joke yeah. of the podcast. And gnome shaped penises. <laughs> yeah, garden gnome yeah. dicks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Triangular at the base. Oh, man. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> but uh, so it was a sort of a wealthy town. And. Man, you got to see the collection every Sunday. It was, was it fucking filled? getting money, man? And what they do with but the money? They put it back. Pump in the it community? back into the church, and I shut got, the fuck up. Maybe this is like uptight of me because I was a kid, and I wasn't like this in the re- in the rest of my life. I was unbelievably crazy and took a lot of risks and did a lot of crazy shit. But it just bothered me. That would bother for me some too. reason. It bothered me that I came in one day and there's these giant like like fucking viking style lanterns like all around the church and then there's a fucking full band i remember like it was like fucking it was like richard Pryor and which way is up like i look over and like there's a guy with a big fucking electric guitar and he's and there's like six instruments i'm like is this what does this have to do necessary but and then the thing is is that churches don't get taxed or anything so they're no. just they're just that eat they're just taking that money in and if their it's church the their church ever. should look like threadbare the yes. community should reflect what the church is putting into it. Yeah. The church should have a fucking fresh coat of paint. I don't want. I want to see broken windows. I want those stained glass windows to have baseball size holes in them. Yeah. And I want your pews to smell like old lady twat. That's the way it should be. Yeah. And the community should be reflective of what the church is yeah. doing. Yeah. They should talk about the money that. Look, let's. That I'm would not, turn me I don't, off. I don't that wanna, you off as a kid. I'm not trying to make a generalization because I'm sure churches like donate a lot. Donate a lot of money, but in my in my adolescent mind, like I I had issue with that. How old so, were you that you? That's even. I mean, that's, I was probably fifteen, sixteen years old. That's pretty impressive that you were fifteen and you're like, wait a minute, 
this is a little yeah but at the same time i probably finger banged two girls right outside the church well you should there's a balance at that age there's a balance to be had yeah there's definitely a balance so all of that brought you to fucking (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about how we met yeah let's do it we met by the way you can I mean, because this most of our conversation is great for Baby out. Center. Send no. it right yeah, to Baby Center. Yeah, we're going to send it to pregnancy.com. Yeah. No, no, we're keeping this all in. I don't cut anything out. All Nothing. Right. Yeah. Let's, well, let's change gears. I then. don't. Dave Coulier cut it out. Cut it out. Wow. <laughs> the audience must be laughing now. I'm going to take a sip of water. <laughs> Thank God that joke landed. <laughs> Come on. I love okay. Full House. Okay, so we met. This is one of the first times uh, I came out to L.A., I don't know how the casting process worked. I think I was visiting a friend. I was visiting my friend, Chris Frangiola, who's okay. a stand-up comedian we used to date back in the day. I was staying at his place in Studio City, mm-hmm. and I think I just were saw- Were you still dating, or you were done dating? We were still dating. Okay. Yeah. And I, I saw an ad or something for the casting for Minute to Win It, right? which was an NBC game show. Yep. And I was like, this is it. This is my ticket. <laughs> this is it. I was like, this is it. I'm going to try out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on TV. And what was your, what was the motivation? Exposure? Exposure, yeah. Like, like I'll get a, I'll sneak a fucking joke in there somewhere. Right. Okay. And all of that was, all of those dreams were bashed by you down the. We'll, we'll get to that whole point. Okay. Because <laughs> storylines are important. I'd like to think I was helping you do a good job. You, but. you did, but what we ended up coming up with is hilarious. And to this day, when I tell people, they la- they literally laugh audibly when I tell them what the storyline was. Okay. So minute to win. How would you explain minute to win it? It's like a drinking game. It, show. Well, yeah. I mean, it was just basically. You trying using household items to perform what uh, on the surface appear to be very simple tasks <laughs> of dexterity, but are of course are very difficult with you know a ticking clock and yes. a live audience and a shiny floor and staring Guy up Fieri's at you and frosted tips in your face. Yeah, Guy Fred. How do you say? I cannot say his last. And it's not even me trying to be like a jerk. I think it's f- the way that he, uh, I think, likes it to be pronounced is Fietti. But the it way that, look like as, that as an Italian word, it seems like it would be fieri. Right, fieri. But it always sounds like Eddie when he says it, like fieri. Fieri. Yeah, I don't know. So he hosted. Yep. And so there, but the process to get to taping was just painful because we had to go through a two-week training of all the games. Yeah. Like Fifty fucking games. It looked like a toy factory. It looked like a toy factory. It was in one of the huge um the production warehouses on NBC's lot. No, on CBS's, CBS's lot. CBS's lot. Yep. And we took out the whole the warehouse. whole thing. It was massive. It was massive. It was testing and training you guys. Like yeah, testing you, and you were testing. new games and then training you guys and how to sort of get out. But you guys were also seeing who was good at what and who who sucked at what. Don't you think so? No. Come on. Now, listen, l- l- let me clear something up because <laughs> I still work in reality. And I, you know, look, I work on a challenge show. and But that's a real challenge show. Here's what I can say from experience and what people don't understand. And it's fine. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're not in this business. So yeah. they, they make assumptions. And you got whenever they're watching and they're invested in there, they've been emotionally tweaked. And if they don't see something they like, their their immediate default is going to be, well, it's fucking produced and it's scripted and it's bullshit and they they you know they set this person up to fail or that wasn't the way it really happened or any of that shit. Let me just say this: the amount of work, okay, the real work and research and testing and hole poking yeah. that goes into the entire experience for bringing someone onto a reality show in the capacity that they're going to compete for something is unbelievable. 
It is we a don't long want it's it doesn't buy anyone anything to cut a corner or to try to manipulate something. It it's just not done. So I just sucked at those games is what you're telling me. No, you just can't handle the pressure. <laughs> Those, they're, they're, the games seem so simple, but sure. when you're doing them under all those circumstances, yeah. it changes everything. Tough. It, it's tough. very tough. Very tough. And you just look and you're like, oh, you're rolling a marble towards a standing pencil? No! <laughs> there are guys over there doing cartwheels. There's people in the audience. There's yeah. lights. I'm in 15 pounds of makeup and yeah. hair. Yep. My hair weighed about 20 pounds. Yeah, you've never looked better. <laughs> Never look after the NBC folk got done with you. You were I was all gussied up. Solid six and a I, half. <laughs> a solid six and a half. Okay, seven on taping. Seven, seven when we taped. Taping, yeah. On screen, I was a seven. Yes. Um, the storylines. So a lot. So here's this two weeks of learning the games. You're going through learning the games. There's everybody's there. There's like 50 games set up, and you're going rotating, doing all this for two weeks. Sure. And I even like did it at home. I was practicing at home. Because you guys were encouraging that. Make sure you practice at home. Yeah. So it was this whole involved process. And then there were storylines to boot because it's TV. You need a storyline. And that's where it gets a fun for you guys because you can be creative with it. But they discouraged me from saying I was doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. Why? I think generally, and, and I'm going to say this too, in my experience, we're not going to make something up from scratch. But people are you know, prolific in their life. They have varied uh, places that they might have lived. They do different things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may be a trainer at the same time that you're a stand-up, and then you also do this or that, or you just, you know, you were a CPA until you moved out to L.A. or whatever. I'm terrible with numbers. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but what I, but what I will say is that it, it's really for you. You know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> the uh, you know the audience doesn't want to think that you're trying to just come out there to do this other thing. That's true. It, it, honestly, yeah, it, yeah. it comes from the right place. It really does come from the right place. Of course, if it's a stand-up show, you're going to embrace that because you're there. Right. But we said I was a horse knows. wrangler. Yeah, Vincenzo. Yeah, but we said I was a horse wrangler. I think you wrangled a fucking horse or two, and that is not. <laughs> it could be code. It, it would be fair to be code, but it's Peta, not. Peta, no, no horses were hurt in the in the wrangling of them. But I, we did. We were like, you literally. This is this is like the the long conversation short. What do you do? I do stand up comedy. Cool. What else do you do? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, you're like, what are your interests? And I was like, well, I like horses. You're like, all right, there, there. We're gonna go from that. Let's yeah. let's do the horse thing. Yeah. And that was always so funny to me because when it aired and it was like Jesse May is a horse wrangler. <laughs> I think that has as much to do with your name as anything else. It does. My name. It Seriously. Definitely, it, I sound like a like a hillbilly gangster. I realize that. Yeah. Uh, but it just imagine being a stand up comedian. And at that point, I had been pursuing it for a couple years. My family had, you know, come to terms with the fact that my future is going to be pretty bleak because I'm pursuing this career that a thousand people in the country make a living at. And then to have this air and they're like. Did you switch? Did you? Are you yeah. not telling us something? Your dad's crying. My dad's you moved crying. to LA and fucking started wrangling horses. <laughs> is this what I paid for? <laughs> is this, is this what I, you skyped with my dad. Yeah, that's you right. You skyped with Joe Peluso. Yeah. He's he's pretty great, right? Did I? Did anyone cry when I gave you your pre-show pep talk? I cried. Yeah, I had a lot of people crying I on me. I was crying. I'm a good. I think I'm a good motivational. You know, because I'm, I'm my my deal is I wanted to really get you to embrace the moment and not feel sort of the stresses of the production around you. you yeah, know well, what you're I'm one saying? of the good guys in this whole sea of 
of craziness. Because, I mean, there are different sides and elements to reality television. But, you know, there's also those sides that are pretty fucking dark. Sure. Not all of it, but there are sides of that. And for you to work in this industry, I feel like from my perspective, being on the other side, even though we're in the same industry, I don't really live in that reality space. You, to me, are a different type of person. I don't think you're the standard but I think that has a lot to do with where you came from. You know, sure. your East no, Coast I'm, boy. I'm myself. When I'm running a set to, like, if I'm with people that I know, like, I'm generally, I care yeah. about people, so I, I don't want to. But you deal with people the same. Like, you you keep it real. Sure. And there's all these other people in the industry that uh, don't. Listen, that's. Yes men and yes women. I will say this. I've worked with enough people. That's the best way. For me, that's the best way. I feel like you were just get, ending it. I was like, okay, we're done. I guess he, he was very poignant in the way he said it. That's the best. And I just, all I do is look at you and walk out. Yeah, yeah, you did, but you and did. I like, was what like, what am I going to do was now? Was that a message for me? What am I supposed to do with that? Am I fake? We go, Okay, we got a few more minutes. All right. A few more minutes? Yeah, we got like 10 minutes. What the fuck? We haven't I really know. talked about it. Well, you, don't you know, I haven't have, even really congratulated you for what, I mean, using that did as you the just jump throw off up in your mouth? No, no, no. I'm saying using for what? Little vomit them. I don't even know if that's a word. But it, it was a good word. Sounds good. Vomit them. I like yeah. it. Yeah, ending in um is the vomit, selling point. Vomit them. It sounds like a the like the Latin way to say vomit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah See, there's like a, there's like some sort of like a gargoyle Porous behind vomitum. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it, there. It's a, and there's like a yeah numerals on a perch. Yeah, and we this got it. Like a, it's in a church. Yeah, it's yeah. cement and stuff. Yeah, vomit them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no. Using that as the jumping off point, look at where like you've come in your career, which is pretty amazing, honestly. Thank I've you. never, I've probably given you more shit when I could have been like genuinely congratulating you and just letting you know how impressed I am with like and how great it makes me feel to see you like you do though. Making we stay in touch. Happen. You like when things are happening, like sure. you, you, you know, you message me like you know this is yeah. cool. Saw you on this. Yeah, you, you, we've stayed publicly. I like to cut you down a little bit. <laughs> For sure. I love it. Okay. On Facebook, yeah. whenever I see that you've posted something, I'm like, here we go. This motherfucker's got the got the gloves out. <laughs> you always post some like yeah. real But real... it's that's love though. No, it is. It yeah. is. But you're a ball buster and you're good at it. And let me say this. You I, what I like is that you're really sort of keeping it very real. You're not worried because you know you're attractive and you have like a package, but I love the fact that you just rip farts and do your thing. Like, you know, no, no, who's doing that? She has rip a she farts. has a visionary arsehole. <laughs> was I ripping farts on set uh, at the game? I don't think so. I think I was. Were you? I'm pretty sure I was. When the other people were going? I think I just was ripping them. That's smart. That's legal. I was definitely I don't think we covered them. that in the rules. Uh, you know, I say, so. do you remember Tanya Brown, Tanya Dahl? Yeah. Remember she like she cracked her she like fell and had to like go when yeah. we were training. Her and I have stayed in touch. She's actually oh, yeah? going to do the podcast with me. She's oh, someone nice. else who's, who's gone off and done like amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. But let's focus on you. Let's focus on me. Let's yeah. talk more about me. <laughs> you know, I I I think you would be actually I think you would be a great host for a big show. If you ever wanted to do that, I think you have the Should right we do a mentality. Show we could obviously we could do a show together. Why have we never like we talked we're about talking stuff. about it right now. Okay. Again, it's, getting it's back happening. to the, we're partnering. We're partnering. Anything this that comes the, okay, from this, anything out of this. <laughs> it's, forget it because it's on the it's air. It's public so now. We've, yeah, <laughs> the people, the people will riot. Yeah, you know what I wanted to ask you to touch base before we go on the. I can't believe this is going to end because there's a lot of stuff I think we could talk about, but you can have yeah, me well, back. Yeah, I'll have you back. Okay. Um, the the Sex in the City spec. Did yeah. anything um manifest itself on the show that you wrote? Did you watch and see if they used any of your ideas? 
No, I had a great storyline for Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she, in the opening scene, like her first scene, is is this sort of very stuffy, you know, Upper West Side funeral home, and she's online to pay her respects to the deceased, uh-huh. and she gets up and she looks, but then the look on her face changes, like, mm. like it's like a look of approval. So she, her storyline is that she's trying to track down the makeup artist who did this person's makeup <laughs> because she's so impressed. And this line she had, so Carrie's like, they're walking, and Carrie's like, are you kidding me? And she's like, he does the goddamn Kennedys when they die here. And like I was like, oh, this is fucking gold. And I was like, no, for sure they're going to take that. That's too good. It's that so storyline is too yeah. good. But I, I didn't watch, I don't watch the show. I'm gonna so. have to, I, see, I was an avid Sex and City watcher, but I don't. I don't think they did. Yeah. But that's a really good uh, storyline because usually that makeup is terrible, and for yeah. somebody to do really good post mortem. Yeah, I just makeup, thought it was an interesting little dynamic yeah. there that like she's impressed, but it's so morbid. But yet she wants to find the guy yeah. who all he does is dead faces. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and but she would be so driven to do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you're yeah. dark. Yeah. You're well, a dark man. Uh, hmm. I can't believe you brought bit. me wine. That's really sweet of you. Yeah. I appreciate that's, that. Um, actually, that f- the word Fraza is the grape. That means grape? No, that is the grape. Oh, okay. I thought it was strawberry, uh, but that's free. Freeze. Fraza is the grape. You know, like the, one of the, the king of Italian wine is Barolo, and that's made from a grape called Nebbiolo. But Fraza, actually, there used to be more Fraza in Italy than there was Nebbiolo. The guy that made that wine, the, the name at the bottom, th- that family is legendary. Giuseppe Figlo? Figlio? Well, that means, I think, Giuseppe and family or in sons or e something Figlio, like that. But okay. the last name, Muscarello. Yeah, Muscarello. So, so that guy, in 2008, the Fraser was so good that he treated that grape like he does the Barolos. Like, he laid all of the wine so down like the for six years, fuck. and they just released it. I saw like you bought, like, a whole treatment. case of it. You have, yeah. like, a whole case of it. Yeah. And you brought me one. Yeah, it's That's really good. Sweet. I've had a couple of bottles. It's really good. What, um, how can people watch what you're doing what are you working on besides broken skull how can people track you down i'm you know i i listen to the where can they here's, send their specs where, where can they send the reality show specs <laughs> please to you <laughs> to I'll me let you to you build our show them. what you should our show them. be like what you do you filter think them what do you think and then send them to me if they do. <laughs> I'll fi- i really will okay you you guys are listening i want you to tell me what you think now we're not going to partner with you but we're going to take your idea we'll give you a little on-screen credit <laughs> Give us some show. I- we need a show. Which idea. is about what you would get if you came out here yes. and partnered up with someone. You would story get almost. Buy. You'd get basically nothing your first time. You're gonna get a story. That's buy. that's what the cost is to get your foot into in the, the door. Foot into the door, and yeah. it's fair. I'm not yeah. being. I'm not being sh- We've all shady. Done it. We've all done it. We've all been fucked. So you're gonna get a story by credit. Uh, but we need a we need a show. Format. I was gonna say some some of us more than others, but that's such. A pathetically predictable line. Because you're saying I got fucked more. Or you yeah. got, you definitely got fucked more. No, no, no. I'm in saying in the butthole. Is it too soon for that? <laughs> I'm sure that that little pause, those little noises we made. Do you hear them over there, Cherry Hill? That's his. You gotta <laughs> call him Cherry Hill. <laughs> Cherry no, Hill. No, you can hear those little. That's gonna be a nice. Moment. Those little breaths. Yeah. I think breaths. that's going to drive someone to say, those two have a connection. <laughs> like, I actually am going to take time out of my day to create a show for them. We need a show. We need some sort of kernel for the show we're going to work on together. Yeah. Can you imagine? We might get some good stuff. Yeah. So if you you got to send We should work to together because I'm not put off by your farts. 
We should work together. We won't, but I feel like we've said that before. I just don't want to hear you urinate. You don't want to hear? Why do you think I have like a loud urination stream? Let's clear the air on something. Girls love to say, I don't poop. You know, I don't go to the bathroom. They'll do it when you're not there. I poop nine times a day. Okay. But most girls, <laughs> most girls want that taken out of the equation in life. Like, there's, you have to understand, I don't go to the bathroom. I never shit. I don't fight. Like, they don't realize the, the frightening part of the female function is urination. Why is that the frightening part? You don't want to hear it? First of all, it sounds like a fucking train whistle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, the the shape of that area, I'm I swear, if like you could look, whistle. if you could look at the literal plans of a train whistle, I'm sure anatomically it matches up with a you woman's. You know, you're not. I don't think you're far off. I'm serious. My cheeks hurt. You said train whistle. Because then when you hear, and it goes from like who can who can, <laughs> who, can who can create a sound that starts as a whiz. Like morphs into a whir and then becomes a whistle like that. What like whistling? There's whistling. Come on. Because there's air. Come on. Push a little harder tomorrow morning when you have oh, to go like your first pee. I get that like. And huh? you'll hear the you'll hear the pitch change. <laughs> like girls, don't worry. We have assholes too. Like the, the shitting's not scary. It's it's what's happening when you release fluids is is why does it t- why does it, why does it <laughs> it's frightening. Oh my God, I'm dying. It sounds like something's ruptured. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those danger sounds. Like, when you hear it, you're like, something's wrong in the house. Like, we should evacuate. Like, we have to get out of this general area. That's oh a, like, there's something's uh, escaping where it shouldn't. Like, it's that kind of How did we get to the, to the urination sound? Why were we talking about this? Because we. Oh, because I said I was comfortable with your farts. Okay, because that's why like, we should work together. Because you're yeah. comfortable, but you don't want to hear me pee. No. Okay, so that's all you guys have don't to do. Don't take off the mic right into the. I won't take the microphone into the bathroom. Into that bathroom. I won't do that. I'll, I'll work on quietly I like how you had a little, a little, you got a little chaise in there. <laughs> you got a little yeah. chaise. Yeah. There's a, a little, chaise lounge in the bathroom. There's a chaise lounge in there. You had to relax, to put your feet up in case Somebody you Somebody needs to vacuum that, by the way. The There's sh- some skin chips on that thing. Oh, man, yeah. we got to get our Yeah, I don't know what's happening vacuum. on top of that, but it's black. <laughs> okay, for the, I'm sure the- Ben, can we get to that? Ben? <laughs> So someone's <laughs> epidermis has been breached on that thing. Oh my there are God. some skin flakes on there. I seriously, I definitely want you guys to send me your ideas. Sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com. And whoever's idea I think is the greatest, I'm going to pick. And I'm going to send you tickets to come see me live. Uh, and you can check those dates at jessie.com. Are your audiences full of only people who you've sent to see you live? Because you're offering all, a lot of stuff up. It's all my family. It's all my family. It's yeah. just I. It's my my grandma over and over, which is weird because she died years ago. But she keeps coming out to the shows. Oh, really? Yeah, she heckles. What does she say? Oh. I knew you wouldn't become anything. <laughs> I want my butterfly brooch back. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, she does that. She's reneging. Yeah, yeah. On she the heirlooms. She wants her shit back. Yep, she right. wants her heirlooms back. Well, they probably weren't promised directly to you. No, they you weren't, but I took them. did some underhanded That's shit That's such to get a macabre those. thing that happens when people die. You go to their house and you take their shit. Yeah. It brings out the worst in people. It's so, it, it becomes this like... It's like it's like storage wars over your family. Yeah, there should be a law actually that you don't talk about the will for like a year, because what happens is you manifest your anger and your pain over, over the death through the objects. Yes, and then you just fight with each other over shit. Yeah, it's 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 um, so weird. I don't know how we got here, but it made me think of that. Yeah, we can talk about that next time. So people who are gonna lose a loved one, just if you guys are gonna lose off. a loved one, just hold off on on grabbing shit from grandma's drawer. Yeah, and just wallow in the in the grief. First. Come together. 
come keep your pockets keep your pockets empty how about that for a line keep your pockets empty keep your your heart full and your butt wide open i went with the heart (laughs) i went with the heart i'm i'm a butt person but that's what makes us a yin and a yang (laughs) because we have a balance i'm so glad you came to see me and you brought me a gift you're smart you're a good italian well no i didn't it said in the email, like, you have to bring something equal to $75. So I just brought, <laughs> I was going to give, they said you it preferred said money, but email. I just, I just brought the wine instead. So Broken Skull Challenge is coming back. Well, it's on are the you, air right you... now. It's still on the air okay. season three. So it's CMT. CMT on Sundays. It depends. Honestly, I'm not going to give the time because I might fuck yeah, it up. you got to check your local but listings. Nowadays, like, go on your, listen to me fucking people just look down at your phone or actually just you're looking at your phone with your headphones in just pull up the internet look it up go to cmt.com or whatever your internet broken provider skull uh, your your home service provider yeah. is and you'll find it yeah but yeah it's on sundays okay cool it airs a few times but it's a great show and also look up a minute to win it because you can find my episode it's there guy fieri uh, something tells me that clip is on your website so it's, it's, it's actually not saved hard to in find. my phone <laughs> seriously it's on my it's actually the home page text jesse may she'll send it to you <laughs> straightforward do you know one thing before we go i know we have to leave but guy freddy fat fred eddie fat eddie whatever the fuck his name you is you should just call him guy then give him a, a middle initial and then say freddy guy blonde tips freddy okay uh stole two of my jokes that's a big claim and use them on air from from what from your stand up routine? We, when we, no, we were it was it was just a joke in the moment in, At, in the, on the minute to win on it set. the stage on the set in the interim of taping like mm-hmm. you know when you have breaks and resets and all that shit we were just bantering back and forth and I said something like you know just like this stuff like you just banter right go to tape puts it on air I don't know if it made the cut I'm gonna have to watch the episode and see because that motherfucker owes me royalties if it did uh, uh, that's a waste of time. Anything to time. take down Guy Ferretti? You don't want to no, because be with isn't, me on that? Listen, if he lifted something from you, which I have no idea if he did, that's a great lifted compliment. Lifted my nipple. He's a, he's a, that one's a hound. Guy is a hound. Guy Ferretti is a hound with his fucking glasses on backwards. Guy Fieri, she's not talking about you. I'm it's, talking it's, about you. She's talking about Guy for Ferretti, whatever <laughs> she just said. Fat Eddie. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I want to get sued by Guy Ferretti. <laughs> Guy Ferretti is... Guy Ferretti and Fat Eddie are not, they, I don't think they're worried. They're probably not listening. Well, I'm going to find it and I'm going to realize what, I'm going to figure out which which jokes he took from me and I'm going to okay. send him a message and I'm going to also CC you in the email. Maybe that's the show. One of the ideas oh could be God. that we ambush, it's called Comedian Ambush. <laughs> we go and ambush comedians for lifting jokes. Yeah. Please don't call Guy Ferretti a comedian. Is he a comedian? No, I'm saying we okay, could we, we could spin okay, off that. Spin I, it off. You got to get okay. your mind up with me. Okay. Come into. I'm at thirty three thousand feet already. You got to get up there. <laughs> you got to get up there. Don't hover. It was good to talk to you. It was great to see you. It was good to see I your face. I haven't seen you in a long time. I want to have you back because we can talk for guys. Hours about she's dumb shit. more beautiful in person. I really am. Really. And I and, no and on the on. inside, not bad. A little gray. <laughs> a, a little gray leathered. on the inside. A little I'm a worn little... down, but. On the outside, I'm she's still the patina is still there. Yes. Yes. Woo-woo. Who knows how deep that crust really goes? Oh, it goes deep. It runs deep. Does it? It's cavernous. Should I give it uh, my regards to your dad? Because I did speak yeah. to him. Yeah, you should give your. I like your dad. dad. I like He's your a good dad. Dude. Ernest guy. You Very know, whenever I, man. whenever you do something with him or a little clip or something, like he's always so happy to sort of be involved and. He I is. like him. He's a likable guy. He's very sweet. I get my yeah. sweetness from him. Yep. And my cutting sardonic mentality from my mother. 
I love you, Mom. Don't cut me out of the will because I'm going to have physical fights over your chest that you have in the corner that I love. That oak chest. Please don't give it to Emily. She's the worst sister. Wow. I got that all out in one breath. I feel good about it, though. You obviously do not have esophagus problems. I <laughs> it wasn't from my side Seriously, of the family. <laughs> it didn't come from you guys. Wow. All right, Vincenzo. Okay. I love your face. It was a pleasure. Face. I'm going to have I, you I feel like there's more that we need to talk about. There so is. I still want to continue talking. Whatever show number this is, slot me in six from now. Huh? <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I just wonder if you're coming over. I'm in the bathroom. I got to take a dump. So if you come in the next few minutes, you'll have to wait a minute. That she's capable of anything. It's riveting. But when you wake up, she's always gone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.